As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> plus minus. Tell Marcus that he asked you know that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. We probably would have potted last night under normal circumstances considering the most epic win of the season for the Golden State Warriors. But since we were going to get the whole gang together today, we might as well relive it now. I got Tim Kawakami with me. I got Anthony Slater with me. Are you home yet, or are you still traveling? Slater? No, I'm good. I'm home. He, went, he, he wasn't in San Antonio, right? I that's right. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's... Uh, I mean, maybe I shouldn't put this on the record, but that's my least favorite oh, city on the circuit. Oh, well, Houston or San Antonio? San Antonio. No, I don't have a problem with Houston. I, I don't still like San Antonio because it's such a long drive in, from in the arenas all the way out there. And you're in this little compact downtown, and then you got to drive 40 minutes or whatever the hell it is. That it feels like it out to get out the arena. That, that part I don't like. In the middle of nowhere, except for the rodeo, whatever the hell. Rodeo of the year. Rodeo of the year. So we're saying Slater missed the biggest win of the year? He still wrote about it. He still wrote, he still, he still wrote about it. I saw some people saying uh, that it was the biggest win of the year. I don't agree. I thought the Christmas in Phoenix with like no Wiggins, no pool. And you have like, no sentimentality. Stage. Come on. Nobody there. Steph cheering on the sideline and the, the as what did Bob Fitzgerald call it? The den of horrors. It feels more prisoner of the moment than sentimentality. The last game I saw is always the most important thing I had ever had. The biggest the win of the year. <laughs> this, what do you mean? Guys, this is the biggest podcast in, in the history of this this entire year. Right, right here. This this podcast, this very podcast. Uh, but it was great. Hey, it was it was fun. It was fun. Like, you know, I, I would say this I would say the win in Utah was bigger. You know, they're just more significant wins, but this one was kind of unexpected surprise you know that you always get that emotion of wow you know that was kind of fun and you know you see the younger players do we see Damian Liu who's had a rough season although as Slater wrote that he's been ticking back up lately but he had a fantastic game Moody's on the floor digging balls out they did just look like they played harder than San Antonio and 
You know, that's maybe an NBA cliche, and I don't think San Antonio... For a quarter. Yeah, yeah, for yeah a quarter. but a pretty important quarter. Game's on the line, and they're they're coming back, and they're just, you know, bouncing off of every ball, making sure that they're, you know, getting offensive rebounds, running to the spot. I think that part is what, you know, fans can logically say, hey, that was kind of fun. Yeah, no, it was a good win. I just, you know, the Spurs don't have a bunch of good players. The, the impressive part was uh, the fourth quarter. What was it, 35-16? I was 33-13 in the last nine minutes. It came out of nowhere. Uh, you know, the Spurs start making shots. And the Spurs centers were all knocked out, by the way. <laughs> I think Kaminga knocked them both out, right? I think, I mean, he. we could talk about this later, but Kaminga was just like a bowling ball out there, you know, probably should have been called for some some fouls there and, and was he was just knocking people over and i think the warriors will take that they don't want the fouls they don't want you know to get to team other team in the penalty and all that stuff but just him exerting his power out there his athletic ability his shoulders knocking through people and I, that's what he did specifically in the fourth quarter and he wasn't the best player. I don't want to say he was the best player, but he—he. He, I was going to say Cal Kong. That's the first player. I was going to I was gonna no, say I too. Say, yeah. you know, some of this, I do want to point out. I did point out to like a lot of this happened because Pertle was out, right? I mean, he's was an, an effective center. Always plays well against the Warriors. He was out after the like the second quarter because he got knocked in the head by Kaminga. Like you do have to put some of this in context that there's a reason why. The Spurs didn't look so good, but you got to give Warriors credit. And I'll give Moody and Lee and all those other guys extreme credit. They played hard and playing hard and making shots will win you some games. I didn't want to go Kaminga first because I didn't want to give TK the honor. <laughs> we got to feed the masses what they want. They want me talking about Kaminga. I don't think Kaminga's the rookie of the week for the Warriors. It's Moses Moody. Uh, uh, Slater, I, I imagine I didn't I didn't read you yet, unfortunately, but. I imagine you wrote a lot of this guy. I know I got somebody working on my roof. I imagine you um you wrote a lot about Moses Moody, who played the best game he played as a pro. And the one thing that jumped out to me about Moody, just watching him play, I mean, obviously his shot was on and he looked so much more comfortable taking it. But man, he's got that winning gene. Like he does the things that win games and it doesn't even always add up. You can look at his performance and not really see it. To be in a game like that and he's the one on the floor, he's getting the rebounds, he's hitting the shots, he's making the extra pass. Like he's got a little bit of that kind of Draymond in him where it's like, what does winning take right now? I'm going to do that. And that's probably great for Warriors culture. They, they could work with that. Coaches have loved him. Even when he hasn't been playing, it's like anytime you mention his name behind the scenes they're like oh he's in practice you should have seen him in the scrimmage the other day you know you should have Steve Kerr mentioned the two minutes they throw him in like mop-up duty you know in the early part of the season it's like man he's just hustling out there and he's he's making winning plays even though we're up 18 with a minute left there's some internal momentum for Moses Moody to kind of push his way towards the fringe of this rotation and I'm talking I'm not talking last night I'm talking you know everyone's back Moses Moody still maybe you know player nine player ten he can shoot right I mean he showed that in G League I was thinking about like Jordan Poole a couple years ago goes down the G League and that's where he finds his offense Moody putting up 37 34 33 you know and Slater you know you're around Joe Lacob when he hears that like after games he's like talk after regular games he's quoting stats from the G League because he's getting these updates about what Moses Moody is doing in the G League like they're excited about the offensive part because I think they assume the defense is there. They know the defense is there. What do we know? This team does need some offense. They need some guys who can like take and make shots. And he's making the threes. I think you know those kind of pump fake two dribbles. I mean, he hasn't done a ton of that, but I think 
that's there too. That's you can see it happening for him. A six foot six, like all these things fit exactly the kind of things they need. Don't know what kind of role right now, but you can see it coming. I mean, you know, he's a lottery pick. Like he he should be pretty good. And I think we're beginning to see like it on the basketball floor, the confidence, the his teammates feeling like they're looking for him to take a shot. And that helps a young guy. And he's what is he still 19, 20? He's one, you know, one of those 19, 20, 21 year olds they got. My friends were texting me like, wow, this is fun. They got some guys. I go, yeah, I think the young guys are talented. Like, that's one thing that's nice to prove. They might not win a lot of games if you just played them like this, but they got talent. Like, there is there is some real talent at the kind of end of their roster this season. 19, 19 by the way. Yeah, 19 years old. I was impressed by his shot. When he takes his time, it's a much better shot, but you, you just don't get that much time in the NBA to shoot, right? But it felt like he was able to keep the same kind of smoothness and coolness, but speed it up a little bit. I feel like his shot, he's got the potential to be like a, a knockdown corner three shooter. Like he's got that in him and he's showing it. Like earlier, he didn't, his shot looked kind of broke. Five of 32 before the, the last two games, but then the last two games, he was not what, uh, nine of 15 i believe he was 10 of 15. you could see him kind of saying all right taking that little extra blink of a second and if he gets that that's what we see in the g league right in the g league he gets that extra blink of a second to kind of take his time but if they could speed that up get that form fluid and still speed it up like he's gonna be money on those shots and he could be like a damian lee with more length and defensive ability because he's got the wingspan they're essentially breeding these guys <laughs> who could just come in and play that role. I was impressed by Woody. Plus, he's from Little Rock, baby. The hard streets of Little Rock. Dude, is tough. He was on the ground, Slater. He was out there wrestling five spurs, coming up with the ball. Slater wrote about that play, you know, where the loose ball, off his loose ball, Moody digs it out, shovels it to Lee, gets it to pull to, for the reset three, and, and that was such a huge play. I almost tweeted, like, that kind of reminded me of, like, Draymond to Livingston to Iguodala. And then people would have gone crazy if I said, oh, you're saying they're just as good as those guys. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that's kind of was Don't old, mute yourself, Tim. Put it out there. <laughs> old Put school, it out there. The old school warriors kind of like they just dig stuff out, find an open space, kick it to the open spot, boom. One time I decided not to like alert the masses to come try to burn my house. They got you. Yeah. They got them, yeah, Slater. Yeah, they, they got them. Hey, you put it in public they now. You put it in public now. <laughs> yeah, I'll get I'll they get it. But again, this is like warrior stuff. Again, not saying that this is the three that's gonna do it in a playoff game, but to see it happen like that, like they just have this stuff where guys kind of, you know, figure out how to win games. We're seeing it from these young guys right now, just kind of figuring it out where to go. They do knock out the two centers for San Antonio. So what they do, they just like go into the lane. Let's go finish. Let's go get some baskets underneath. Let's rebound, you know, let's pull out some offensive rebounds. Let's take the ball away. Those are things that like they got 14 guys like that and, I can't remember. Even the strength of numbers Warriors didn't have this, where you know they had all these three lottery picks. Basically, we haven't and haven't even seen Wiseman and extra guys and GP two, where they just have this other five guys that when they're going, they're they're really fun to watch. Moody, uh, all of his made threes were catch and shoot. And it's just like the guy kind of just knows who he is, even at his age. That's rare, right? For for a guy that age to kind of know this is exactly how I need to play this role. I mean, you go back to his high school. I mean, you guys know who his teammates were at high school, right? Like Scotty Barnes, Cade Cunningham. He he was kind of a role player in high school. That 
I think really benefited him for what his role in the NBA is going to be. Like the way he's just like, all right, I'm on the wing. I'm either catching and shooting, or if he decides he wants to use a dribble, it's a catch and like go really quick with the dribble. It's something there. Okay, I'm going up to the rim. If not, I'm passing it. And, you know, while Jonathan Kaminga, we can all see, has this like spectacular upside, Jonathan Kaminga is always kind of out there trying to explore stuff that is beyond what his role on this current team is, right? It's more like, yeah, I know I'm on the court with Steph, but maybe I'm going to try some like pick and roll ball handling right now or I got the rebound let me bring it up when Moses Moody gets a rebound he's like all right get it to the point guard go run over to the right wing all right wait for the catch and shoot you know it's 0.5 basketball which they always talk about so even draft night when we were talking about well it's possible the 14th pick could help next season see more than the seventh pick or in some ways I think starting to see that come to fruition just because one guy is just like a ready-made role player, even though he needed clearly needed some time to even get to that level where he could even sniff the rotation. Now that we're seeing him gain some momentum and get there, you're seeing what you know his background as kind of a role player. You know how it helps. It's the great coaching of Eric Musselman in Arkansas. Don't forget that. Just if you want to get Eric Musselman <laughs> to retweet, you tweet about. Hey, uh, we, we can get Eric Musselman on the yeah. call on the podcast right now. If we yeah, want we can to. get him. We get him right now. <laughs> No, Moody, uh, I do think part of Moody's difficulty cracking the lineup is that he's got guys who do do what he does and on this team. So he's, he had guys to beat out. And Kamiga was kind of like, yo, there's nobody who does what he does. He kind of had a, a better lane, but looking at this, like I loved hearing Moody saying he listens to JTA and Damian Lee and GP2 because he's in the trenches right now and they've essentially made it out of the trenches. His mindset is the right one. Like he knows, like I'm I'm grinding, I'm building something right now for the next five years and what I'm learning now, what I'm developing now is going to benefit me long term. He's got the right mindset. Always positive, right? Always like doing well. Like we're not around him enough to know, but I imagine imagine there's times where Kaminga's like man I should be playing he just got that kind of disposition right where he's like I know I should be out there I, I get the sense Moody is like whatever y'all bring my way he's got he's got he's just got a, a really nice mindset that I like you know where you've really seen that is their G League assignments. When Moses Moody goes down in the G League, he's like super invested in the, that night and it's shown in his stats. Um, whereas Kaminga I mean we know there's been games he's gotten down there they've been like kind of disappointed in how he's you know, approach the fact that, like, he's like, man, this is a demotion. Because he shouldn't be there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> well, it's, a, it's a difference between a guy who, like, I'm going to prove it. I, I, I got to show you how good I am every single moment because it's not 100% always clear when I'm on the court. And a guy who's like, my talents are obvious. <laughs> like, my skills. Like, look what I can do out here. Let me play in the game, the real game. And it's just a difference. And, and it's a difference in mindset. It's a difference in, like, level of ceiling. We know with Kaminga, it's who knows. And with Moody, it's just a really solid. And you need those guys. Those are really important guys. You can see Moses Moody. He's going to be in the league for a long time playing an important role. Oh, yeah. You can just, I mean, you know, years, Steve Kerr yeah. mentioned Trevor Ariza. You know, there was a weird reference to it on the broadcast last night. Who but, is still in the league, he's still by the, the league. way. He's Although, still, like, you know, like, woo, yeah, he does not look terrific yeah, this season. He had looked enough, good like. for a little few years there later, but... Uh, like, there's a role for a guy. It's not just 3 and D, but it's that kind of thing. With that size, with that shooting ability, and that defensive men- mentality, there's just a role. Is Bridges too high of a ceiling? Bridges is too high. Bridges is too high. But, you know, it's around there. It's around there. It's somewhere comfortably between Damian Lee and Mikael Bridges. Yeah, oh, yes, yes, I would say. <laughs> I would say in there. But, but you That's know, again, range. without trying, I'm not <laughs> comparing him to Iguodala at all because we all know I think Iguodala is a Hall of Fame player. 
But, you know, it, when Iguodala is not with his team, probably next season, whenever that is, Moses Moody could play something. Like, you know, probably not that playmaking role, but that just kind of like plug him here, plug him there, defend this guy, be, be somebody that Steph and Draymond can trust on offense. Like, I'm not saying it's exactly that, but when you start kind of factoring in where the, the roster is going to be next season. Stop trying to give away JTA spot. I, I know what you're doing. You keep saying JTA's got like every spot. He's like JTA's got, he's the backup four. That's what he is. He's not these three, four, five, six. That's, that's he's what the he backup is. four, which is also the backup point forward. Yes, yes. He, he's got a unique <laughs> role because of Draymond, right? There's You just need to back up Draymond, and not many teams have need that, and that's what that's what JTA is. Moody fits this, this, this roster, especially the back end. Like his dad, like worked in the city of Arkansas and like dealing with the gang issue you know uh, Little Rock was thick in the in the gang this is like a HBO documentary back in the day banging in Little Rock like it's rough out there and his dad was is like a G in Little Rock the dude who's like doing the you know setting up the peace treaties and the truces so he's got to go to one gang into the into the other gang like he's a real like tough nosed guy and Moody was with him Moody and his brother they were with him they they know their father's reputation so he ain't scared of nothing it's in his blood yeah he plays tough he just plays tough. He puts his nose in there, and that showed up last night. Again, like, the Spurs aren't, like, a, you know, a soft team, I don't think. You know, they got a bunch of athletic guys, a bunch of guys who grab loose balls and bounce around, you know, Lonnie Walker and all those hey, guys. Hey, Johnson is big, dude. Yeah, Keldon huh? Johnson and <laughs> DeJounte Murray. I mean, not a tough guy, but he's a really, really He leads the NBA in Yeah, steals. like, these are, I... not, these are not shrinking violets, and the Warriors just took it to them in the fourth quarter. The scramble sequence where Lee and Moses Moody basically saved the game by getting that loose ball. They took it from Murray, who what does the NBA leader in steals do? He just like he gets loose balls. Um, so that was it was impressive for sure. Speaking of Murray, the other guy I feel like you know really stood out was uh the guy who was going bucket for bucket, blow for blow with should be All Star Dejounte Murray, and that is my guy TK, the guy I've been telling y'all about. G Jordan Poole. P- baby. Oh, Jordan Poole. GP two. You got a lot of <laughs> no, guys. I've been only telling you GP two about, you got a lot about of guys, two, Mark. two years yeah, now. You got a lot of guys. No, jo- Jordan Poole. It's amazing how free he is when he's not with Steph and Clay. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's amazing how free he looks and how free he plays. And he's definitely like he's not as smooth by any means as Dejounte Murray, who's got like so much to his package and it just looks smoother. Uh, Jordan Poole's super like herky jerky and kind of like that that traveling Euro step he did was so <laughs> awkward and like I, I, I was can't believe that wasn't called. Strings. It was so awkward yeah, they didn't call it because it looked so awkward. They didn't know what it yeah, was. Yeah, like, that's what they didn't know what it was. It was do the Euro step and then take two more steps. But hey, they he it was like it. he tried to stop mid Euro step like it was so weird but but man he was making plays definitely was important and he was confident out there and you know just at his side you know he did another help block shot right Uh, he does those things he's not again he's not great individual on the ball but that's just not who he is but he's got size he's got you know confidence they need those things when Steph, Draymond, Clay, Wiggins, you know Porter, Bielitsa they're all out Iguodala they need they needed guys to be confident out there to just say okay I'm not gonna role be a role player tonight I'm gonna be one of the main guys and Jordan Poole absolutely did that in, in in a in a tough moment and so did Damian Lee and so did you know they, they you saw some initiative Chris Gioza plus sixteen or whatever the hell he was like you know they had guys who just accepted hey, he shut up the entire fan base last Chioza night Chris Gioza <laughs> that one quick pull Perfect. that one quick pull in the fourth quarter was a little bit much but uh, you know there's 
they, they got some tough guys. Like, you know, again, as I've said, like sometimes they're, they're complimentary players. And when you need them to score, it's hard for them to do that. Last night was not one of those nights, but sometimes you can see in the playoffs, you're just not going to get some buckets out of these guys. But they have superstars for that, Who none of them who played last night, but they do have superstars who are supposed to get those buckets. And you see the relative talents of these guys when the superstars are out and they're allowed to go, let's go go find your game tonight. Tonight you go find your game. And, and they showed it for sure in the fourth quarter. That uh, that was the type of night that uh, makes a guy like Jordan Poole go, it's kind of fun to have my own team. <laughs> It's kind of fun to do what, what you do you every implying? night, Deontay what you, Murray. What are you implying, Anthony Slater? Maybe if I was in, uh, you know, Orlando, me and you, Deontay Murray, yeah, we, we can go, <laughs> we can go blow for blow every night. This don't need to just be a, a one-off thing. Clear out, everybody. Let me work. Let me work. You know how, like, uh, you know, obviously Steph is the closest. You know who Jordan Poole's mimics the most. It's funny how, like, especially late in games. The Warriors will get the ball either inbound or rebound, and Steph will just go, right? Somebody else is going to bring it up. He'll just run down to the other end and get ready to run off some screen. Jordan Poole, every time, is running like, Give me the ball. Yo, give me me the rock. (laughs) (laughs) There is no running down court to get the screen. He's like, hey. Run me to rock right now, like uh, this is I got this. It's, it's he, he's like Pat Rafferty, except for that uh, move without the ball thing. Like he's he's not so much in that, which is fine. He's again he's twenty two. He's young. He's good off the ball. He's he's not Steph Curry because m- nobody is. Uh, you know, like what Marcus has mentioned, the rarity there is Steph Curry, not Jordan Poole. Most you know scoring most guards are, yeah are like yeah go give me the, the ball. ball yeah yeah yeah. It's just but Jordan Poole is like he's that dude like. Yeah. Hey, 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 what you don't don't (laughs) cut it out. You know what's really, really impressed with Jordan Poole over the last few years, considering where he was in year one, where it was terrible in the paint and like couldn't get to the foul line because he was super skinny. He now is like really aggressive going in the rim, takes hits, he falls down like hard a few times per game, like crashes. It's becoming a thing. He looks like he's dead, but that's he's got the Monte Yellow set. So like he's got a Dwayne Wade (laughs) to him, right? And then he and then he gets up. Up and makes both free throws. He's nine and nine from the free throw line last night. I put this stat in there. He is the best free throw shooter in the NBA this season. Ninety one point eight percent. He's the best free throw shooter on a team with Steph and Clay. Well, Clay's one hundred percent, right? Over a hundred free throws in the season. He is number one in the league, and Steph Curry's number two. That's pretty good for Warriors get a technical from the other team when he and Steph are on the court. Who shoots the free throw? Steph. <laughs> <laughs> hey, who do you trust more? Yeah. Hey, how about this? Who does Jordan Poole think should shoot the Jordan Poole is so sure. Yeah, you might be like, what do you go? Yeah, give me the ball. Give me the ball. What are you, what are you, what are you, what's that guy shooting for? That's when he mutters under his own breath. Man, if I was in Orlando, I know who's shooting the free throw there. Man, who needs a guard? Oh, the Lakers sure could use Lakers. a point guard. Yeah. <laughs> Lakers get $25 million a year from that team. We'll see. Uh, good, good for him. Uh, he's got talent. I mean, he has talent. They got some guys with talent on this team that aren't in the roles that maybe their talent shows that they could or should be. But that's why they're good this season because they got, you know, Otto Porter making the veterans minimum, and he didn't play last night, but I keep going back to him, has been so good. Kavon Looney making eight million or whatever he is. Again, another. You ready to you ready to respect Kavon yes, Looney? By I the way, I keep saying it. You yes. guys keep like making up things. <laughs> like I keep saying, like the guy's playing great this season. There's no like I was the one who said like ew, when they're talking about Wiseman. I was like, there's no way Wiseman is starting this season. This is when we thought he would be healthy this season. Like there's just no way they know who the starting center is. It's Kavon Looney. That is who the starting center is. Everything else works off of that. He's not 35-minute game starting center, but he's playing 28 minutes, and he's going to start both halves, and he's probably going to finish most games. 
because he just fits what they do. And he's getting better. There's no question. Kevon Looney's so much better now than he was even two years ago. It's not even close. Dehan, man, he, this is crazy. Like, Looney is literally finishing strong out there. He just, if he's close enough, not when he's too far away, yeah. but if he's close enough, he <laughs> yeah, can don't just make go him dunk dri- that. Don't make him dribble or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, no <laughs> dribbles, right? If he could just catch and take off, he's, he's doing that way more than I ever ever saw him do that. There should also be some credit to the training staff and the people keeping him healthy that, that have identified some, some pretty serious health issues in his past obviously he had the two hip surgeries but the neuropathy he got some core surgery he had dietary issues like he went through a ton early in his career and now he is one of only 11 players in the entire nba this season to play every game that's amazing start every he started every game it's just amazing i couldn't believe he was playing this game this felt like a sit down Looney, but apparently he wants to play play. yeah he wants to play you know he said that he's mentioned it a few times in interviews he's never like super bombastic but he was like it's kind of a goal to play every game because i mean the other thing you know we talk about free agency like this is huge like swing contract year for for kavon looney i mean there was times the last couple of seasons with the way his body was breaking down. It was like, is Kevon Looney going to be in the league in a couple of years? Now he's heading towards a contract season as like the most durable center in basketball right now where can the Warriors afford to keep him suddenly becomes the And best. this is the second go-round, right? Remember last time you went and he was expecting to get paid and the market wasn't there, right? He didn't. That, he didn't was that the Durant year? Seven. I think that was the Durant. I think that might have been I think Durant. it might have been a Durant yeah. year. And they didn't have a lot of money to spend that year, if I remember correctly. But but nobody did nobody offered him anything. He ended up coming back for like five or something. What was crazy about that free agency is because they declined his fourth year option because it, you had to do it after you know before his third year and he had not emerged yet. They declined his option. I remember in camp it was like Jordan Bell had had won the job over him and their thought was like, are they just going to like cut him at some point? Because clearly if you decline somebody's rookie option or, you know, fourth year option, like you don't view him as part of the future, he emerges onto the scene. But once you decline the option, they couldn't pay him more than what the option was. And it was only like 2 million. So there was literally, they could not do a contract over $2 million, but no team in the league came in and outbid them. So he came back. Oh, poor Kevon Looney. But, uh, yeah, but what if, he like, this but, ain't happening again. Yeah, but if it he wasn't like, for all that stuff, he wouldn't be on the team right now, right? Because they couldn't afford him. Like, this is, again, this is this year where they've got this mix of veterans and max salaries and young players on rookie contracts. And the one guy in the middle, like, there's one guy in the middle, and it's Kevon Looney. And he's been ever worth every single dollar or more and, and give him full credit. And, like, if he wasn't healthy this season, what the hell would they have done at center? Like, they were counting. Like, they, they were more counting on that than, like, almost anything on the team was that Kevon Looney was going to be able to start at center for them this season. And he's delivered. We will be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. 
you know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, <laughs> I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic Toretto I Live My Life a Quarter Mile at a Time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Looney is, let me count it, one, two, three, four, five, eighth in offensive rebound percentage in the league. Like This dude is just, he's, he's incredible on the offensive glass. It reminds me a bit of... That old, remember the old 76ers philosophy where Iverson was just, he would just drive. Every time, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to drive, and everybody else's job was to crash. Like, Looney has figured out, man, with all these shooters, if I just crash the boards, like, I'm going to get, I'm going to benefit from it. You're saying he's a modern Theo Ratliff? <laughs> Theo Ratliff, baby, let's wow. go. Wow. Slightly <laughs> less hops than Theo Ratliff. Slightly. slightly less, slightly less height, slightly less length, <laughs> slightly less. <laughs> But that's okay. He's really, really that's, that's, important for this team. That's the moat. So, um, I, Slater, I was getting a little – maybe y'all could explain this to me. I was getting a little concerned about the fact that they had eight guys out and Gary Payton was playing the same minutes. <laughs> he got three fouls in the first five minutes that he was on the court. Okay, I was, I was, I'll was. i say this. I was surprised about the starting lineup, which included a game where they have eight main guys out and there's no Kaminga, no Peyton. was kind of interesting. But I think he had three fouls in five minutes. Um, but it seemed like he was playing so well. He was up to 17 minutes. He had five steals in 17 minutes. It seemed like he was going to get a long chunk and probably yeah, would have got up to like 20. He probably would have got but up to like got 25 hurt. minutes. Do we have an update? Did they send out an update on his... Uh... His, his shin situation? Kerr just said he banged his shin, which to me was a really encouraging update, considering you were like, was that non-contact foot? What, did he tweak a knee over there? Because you could see he didn't twist the ankle. The first thought was he stepped on a fan's foot, he twisted his ankle. You watch the replay, you're like, no, that was something else. And the fact that he banged his shin, again, I think they'll update it. And maybe he does miss a little time, but they sounded pretty encouraged it wasn't like, you know, long term. He's going to play in the playoffs. Right? He's going he's to play. Yeah, that's dude's like, going to be a playoff play. asset. I mean, there's just Absolutely. no question about that. Uh, and they'll figure it out from there. But the, the, They're going to have a tough call, though, because, I mean, his minutes in the playoffs are Jordan Poole's minutes. That's where they come uh, from. I mean, maybe, maybe, yes. But, again, I think they play. Unless you they, put him at four. Yeah, yeah, they play him like a four. Like, they <laughs> yeah, literally they play, play him like four, a four. Yeah. So, like, they can do what they do with their guards, and then they have to figure out. But that makes the four and the five tougher, too, because you've got a six-foot-three guy on the front line. You know, they have to maneuver it around a little bit. That's why Otto Porter works so well. Like, you know, he basically plays like a four, and yet he can play offensively as a three. It's just there's going to be some little tricky pieces to that, but you got to play GP2. You just have to. Like, other teams do not want to play against GP2. You can just see. We've talked about it. Like, you know, the, the great offensive guard will get get the ball in the backcourt. There's GP2. Look at him and goes, okay, I'm not bringing the ball up today. Like, you, you can, someone else bring the ball up. I am not doing this against GP2. That is going to be extremely valuable in the playoffs. Like we've said, John Morant. I mean, just right there. Yeah, John Morant. Yeah. 
that's the two three right now. You know, the the, the West has separated. Phoenix is forty one and nine. They're the one. The Warriors are uh, you know, three games back of them at the two. Memphis is the four and a half back of the three and Utah has just fallen off a cliff uh, and they're four back of Memphis. So to me, it's like becoming relatively clear. It's probably going to be Warriors Grizzlies two, three second round. And in that series, that's a Gary Payton series over a Jordan pool, you know, over a lot of guys, because I think it was shown in that Memphis game, like Clay Thompson does not necessarily have the lateral movement to stay with the John Morant anymore. And Wiggins was really struggled with, with Morant in that game. And Gary Payton changed the game. Like, you know, to me, like, that is the one series he might have to get, like, 25 minutes. And they got to probably worry about his foul trouble because he played that game in Memphis really well, but he had five fouls in his whatever minutes because they're telling him to play physical, bother Morant. But, uh, yeah. GP2's playing. He's got, he's, got, he's got a playoff role in this team. There might be some regular season games where he's not playing much or maybe a series in the playoffs where he's not playing as much. But the guy is just too valuable. They're, they they're probably a plus, they're a plus that, every yeah. minute he plays. Like, Every look at the box score is just GP two plus six plus four plus eight plus twelve plus ten, then and they look at that stuff like people make fun of me for looking at it. they the Warriors believe me the Warriors coaches staff looks at that plus minus, and every single time GP two is, is a plus because like it's so hard to score uh, on the Warriors when GP two is out there it's just so because he puts they put him on the best player. He either steals it or prevents it, or that guy doesn't want to shoot when he's got GP two on him. And then the Warriors have an, you know have enough to make up everywhere else. He's a valuable player, and he will be valuable for sure for sure in the playoffs. Like Otto Porter, Gary Payton the second, Jordan Poole, those three bench guys, Andre Iguodala when he's healthy. Those four guys have playoff roles. That's done. Then they have to work figure out how everything else works. But those four guys are going to play. And Kaminga, and Kaminga. Oh, wait a minute, maybe not Kaminga, but that's my guy. That's the guy I put in there. No, man, you're going to make sure Kaminga (laughs) has a a playoff role. You're going to absolutely make sure of it. Slater, anything jump out from you in in this game last night? Or we can talk about JTA in the dunk contest. (laughs) (laughs) I thought he might get a dunk last night. He didn't. didn't. There was one time he looked like he was going to wind up for one and then didn't get it, but uh, he did not have a dunk last night. What do you th- what do you think, Marcus? Does uh you know if you go back to his high school days, he's got some he's got some. Uh, he was a highlights. he was thinner then though. He he's a lot thicker now. He's he's a bit heavier. He's you got sound full- skeptical. Yeah, I do. He's a he's a game dunker. He's an in game dunker. Somebody said that. Uh, maybe it was Kaminga. Somebody just said like I'm an in game dunker. That was Peyton really a- actually. And I thought Gary Payton would have been a really interesting add to the dunk contest, but apparently sounded like he said no, he didn't want to do it. The six three dudes always look better in the dunk contest, right? Like always. Jalen Green is in it. And Jaylen that Green is my is favorite. That's, that's my pick. Yeah. That's my pick. Jalen Green right there. That's my pick. I'm curious to see if if Juan can pull out some of his old Castro Valley high uh dunks. But he, to me he's a he's a good in game dunker. I've never Will seen you him be in a dunk contest anymore. Wearing that ESO hat that you're wearing. Will you be the oh, alley oop yeah. guy? What? Yeah, you're gonna be jumping over you're Marcus. Jump over me. Yeah. Jump over Marcus. There's one problem with that. I will not be in Cleveland. <laughs> no, <laughs> you should happening. be the. Well, maybe if maybe if you get enlisted to do this, you can fly there. But remember when uh, stuff the the magic mascot was on like a hoverboard and he was kind of like spinning around for Aaron Gordon. That's the one I want to see you do, MJ where you're spinning, spinning around. around. It's going to be Steph. We can't get Steph involved. That's what it is. Steph going to be involved in these dunk contests. Might, might as well get, get him to do something. 
Uh, yeah, I think JTA is, is an under, it, uh, JTA is an underdog uh, in in the Samsung contest. That'd be interesting. He's got the, he, he's got the he's got the lowest odds. So yeah. he's the, hey, this sounds like his bet. career. Why don't you tell JTA he's an you underdog? Yeah, exactly, you can't do it. Right? That's exactly you right. You can't do it. JT, you cannot. JTA, you cannot win a dunk contest <laughs> from the rafters. <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna do something crazy now. Just because. <laughs> that's hilarious. Create, be creative. So, JT. I'm sure he'll be creative. Uh, so at what point, out of curiosity, and Slater, wonder if you've heard anything, will Clay be off? Are they expecting Clay to be off the back-to-backs? And is the fact that it's still here, Rick being just still super cautious, or is there something they're seeing after games that's making them say, all right, we still need to keep this cautiously or is he responding fine after game he's responding fine from what i hear i mean obviously he had that knee issue after he had a slight hyperextension against the pacers that actually forced him to miss an extra game but i'm not sure he will get off of it i mean i haven't heard that for sure but this is pre-planned uh from the beginning and i mean look it makes sense but after the break, right? Or when do they, when do when do they thinking they gonna he's gonna start playing every? Guess game? what? Like Otto Porter, who has had zero injury issues all year, does not play back to backs. Like they just they've decided that, and I think because there aren't back to backs in the playoffs, once you get through the regular season, and you know there's not so many more back to backs. Look, there's only thirty games left. Look, I'm going through the schedule right now. There is one back to back next week. You got to assume he'll miss one side of that. One in March sorry i know this is great radio another in late march and two in april which is the end of the season when you want to rest guys a little bit before the playoffs anyways i bet he does not play one back-to-back there's only five left i'd agree you know just, uh, what's the there's point? only 30 games left anyway yeah like, that's what i mean so no i it, and then once you get through that like the playoffs are here and you would never play a playoff back-to-back so i just think it's it's a cautious approach particularly for a team that's allowed themselves to do it with their winning i mean you're seeing it right now like they could just decide to mass rest in San Antonio and go, look, they lose that game, they lose that game, and then they win the game anyway. So they're fine. I, I would, I, To me, the minute total is more important with Clay Thompson. He's up now towards about 28, which means by the all-star break and a little bit beyond, he'll be in the 30s. And uh, that is the big number to look at. Yeah, I, th- I think the main thing, too, is, I, and I'm pretty sure he's he's not going to be guarding his quick guards. Like they're, just, they're not going to do that, and, and nor should they. He's, he's better with the big guys. Like he's just he's stronger and he's a little you know and I'm gonna say thicker but like more solid. The lateral movement isn't going to be there right now. Totally understandable after two years with two major leg injuries. But he he's like a three now. He's I just think he's essentially a three. You play him like a three. Wiggins in the starting lineup basically defends the two or the one, uh, and then you get GP two in to guard the you know when when Wiggins can't or when you need somebody else in there. And Clay is a really, really valuable three, you know, just a super three can do some things, you know, bigger guys do always has been able to, but he's been playing the guard. Now he's now a small forward and that's where his main minutes are going to be as they kind of rotate around. And, and that's Wiggins values. You can just say, you know what, you can guard some threes and now you're going to guard twos. And it's become very, very valuable. And then you have Draymond who can guard whoever, you know, you just have this multiplicity on defense that allows them to kind of fit Clay's new kind of, you know, Clay 2.0 or 3.0 or whatever this is into the mix seamlessly. And then, you, then obviously, you know, do what he does offensively. The interesting part with that is, I mean, Clay was just really, really good at those 
small quick guards like he was really good at it i don't think wiggins is that no, good at no, it. no not he's as a good defender those quick dudes the lateral quickness the herky-jerky guys they they kind of get him so well he's six seven that's gonna be yeah he is six seven yeah. you know it's like that's part of like it's really hard when you're six seven to cut, and plus come off screens pick and roll i mean it's a benefit that he can do it but yeah it's a reality he can stay yeah he can stay with him he just can't do what clay did that's where gp2 comes in though well yeah and as we all know like Playoffs are what matter, and we're starting to see what the playoff path will be. Like, right, m- matchup-based is how your season is decided, essentially. And I talked about the John Morant match. Well, Phoenix is the, you know, big kingpin to knock down in the West. And they got Booker and Paul. And neither of them, both of them are very tricky matchups. But to me, the Warriors do have the type of defenders that they like. You know, that's who you want. You want Clay Thompson on a Devin Booker. Uh, you're fine with even a Wiggins or, uh, you know, Gary Payton on a Chris Paul. There isn't the John Morant quick guard. On well, you know who team. guards Chris Paul now? Draymond. Draymond, yeah. yeah so, yeah. Like, you know, so, they, yeah, they, they've got some ways to, to work with this. You know, they don't, they don't really worry about bridges. Like, so, like, they just don't, like, there's some guys on Phoenix they don't really worry about. So they, they can mix and match with that. And, and, you know, you put Clay on bridges or Steph on bridges or whatever. That's their ability to kind of switch people around. And then you always have GP2. Like as soon as that six-minute buzz, there's GP2 in, and he's going to go give somebody hell. And, man, the last player on the roster, a guy they waved right before the season, anybody else in the league could have had him. And he's going to be an important piece for them possibly to win a championship that that's a pretty amazing story hey guess what i got an email from um i just did are you talking about the dunk contest odds yes yeah let's so, give them let's get them so jalen green is the favorite as expected plus 175 ob Toppin that's, that's is what second, i was talking about before yeah plus 225 <laughs> cole anthony plus 250 JTA plus 400. Plus 400. There you go. The there you go. Oakland, Oakland can't do it. Just tell Oakland. You we about to get rich it. off JTA. Let's go. <laughs> I, I was surprised. I, I mean, listen, we all know that's, JTA that's, can dunk, and he's he certainly had, you know, he had the Cole Anthony is such a weird yeah, choice. There's some weird, there are some weird names in this. And, and do they, like, watch their pregame routines or something to decide whether they can do it? I don't quite know how this is decided. Uh, I would not have said JTA in in a slam dunk contest. I just I would have said Kaminga. I mean, I'm Mr. Kaminga, so maybe that's me. But like, that's a guy you see in a game. You go, uh, he's gonna come up with some ridiculous dunks. But that's okay. Let's see what JTA did. You know, the world doesn't think he can do it, and he, he's go out there and he's gonna show he can do it. But I would bet on Jalen Green. <laughs> that's what I would bet on. So I put a a poll up last night. Um, the Warriors 39 and 13, 30 games left to play. What what do you think they finish at? 55 probably most people more than half the people more more than half the people said they go 20 and 10 somewhere about 20 and 10 over these last 30 games and finish with 59 wins yeah i mean that's the type of place that pace they're playing at like every 30 games they're winning more than 20 i mean they're 39 and 13 so they're about to be at 40 wins and 13 losses essentially playing the king so and like the league's not very good and particularly like late in the season a lot of these teams will like you know will deactivate like their next two games are king's thunder they're 41 and 13 essentially i don't know don't sleep on the kings, kings. It, it, they look pretty chase. good yeah yeah the vex revenge is coming baby <laughs> they're only losing mean? by 40 points a game now recently so yeah like, the kings have lost right seven in a row they just went oh and five <laughs> on their road trip but i'm every time i see their box score like in-game box score is like Opponent seventy five Kings forty. I'm actually going down to the Kings Nets game tonight in in uh, Sacramento. So we'll see. You're a Kings beat writer, Slater. Yeah. At heart. Who's who's uh you know wrote probably like four stories on the Kings this year. 
Maybe it'll be five tonight. I'm going to see them the next two nights, Wednesday, Thursday, here, and then in Chase. So Give us the in-depth detail scanning for. This Kerr might lean on you. Like, Slater, I, I need to find out how we're going to guard Tyrese Halliburton. I Halliburton, I, hey, you said the right name. He's been hot lately because Fox missed the last few games. And, and Halliburton's been, like, I think he scored 38 the other day. Halliburton's been good against the Warriors. He's a good player. He's a really good like that's like like Fox or Halliburton. It's not a Kings plus minus, but Fox or Halliburton. I don't think there's a question. I'll take Halliburton over Fox. I don't give a damn. No, especially the well, the contracts. Yeah, uh, the contract yeah. helps. Really, yeah. helps. Yeah. the contract <laughs> helps the decision. Yeah. <laughs> if it was even money, you take it. But you'd really take it. With Sacramento Kings plus minus. Great, great portion of the show here. It's all good. You it, so so you're saying Slater they get the sixty. I actually just said 55 at the start of this answer, but yeah, doing the math, I, I think they'll be at or near 60. 55 is about 500 the rest of the way. Yeah, no, they'll, they'll 58, 58 at least, 58 at least. And that's including giving people rest, and that's including you know, all this other stuff, but I, I got to say 50. They got a lot of road games. 17 on a road. They have lost road games, but they're doing this without Draymond. <laughs> I mean, it's like, you know, like. 58 to 60 feels right, and it might even be over 60. And that's without gunning it. That's without, like, really trying to do it. That's the amazing start they got. Like, this is just the way you – when you start off the way they did, 60 wins just pops up right on the screen. And, you know, and Phoenix is going to win, what, 63, 64? Like, that's a credit to them. But I, I don't see how the Warriors aren't at least near 60 this season. Yeah, and they they've already done their roughest travel patch when they had that like fourteen and nineteen on the road. Um, you know, they got a few areas of the schedule where maybe you could say, oh, that'll be like three losses out of five games or something like that. But generally, a kind of soft schedule the rest of the way. Again, I keep saying it, but I just think the league is just a little bit mushy right now. I just think it's crazy. Sixty wins. Sixty wins is legit on the table. Yeah, like, did they do that once wild. with Durant? I think they won sixty. Like yeah, one once. Yeah, yeah. The, what, it was fifty-eight and fifty-seven the other two years. They were yeah, they were chilling most of those games. But but if you would have said before the season started that the Warriors would win sixty games, <laughs> oh my god! Like, <laughs> can you imagine that? Like Slater, you would have been an instant homer. They would have branded you. A homer. I would have branded myself a homer if I said that. Yes, you yeah. would have. What did Hollinger say? Forty-eight, thirty-seven. <laughs> He's at 38? Yeah, he said 38, oh, wow. 11th in the West. And 538, the mathematical formula 538 had him at 37 wins. Ouch. Well, at least we said 15 and 5 matters, right? We said that end of last season isn't exactly what they're going to be like this season, but it mattered. It meant something. And that's the part that the Warriors took to heart. They really believed. And that's the part that has translated. Like that meant they figured something out in that 15 and 5. And then they were going to be better this season didn't know what the record was going to be but that's when i saw god bless hollinger friend of mine brilliant i trust everything he reads on that one though i thought there was some error uh, 38 is not what they were going to be they just they, the 15 and 5 proved it and and, and they had much um, a roster that fit much better this season yeah i thought you know and this is more the optimistic side but i was thinking like fifth sixth seed you know stay out of the play-in uh and that would have probably equated to you know let's say like 51 52 wins yeah that's what i thought low 50s i think they were a low 50s percentage team when steph was on the court last year and the games he missed is what kind of doomed them so i figured that would be about their percentage and they're even better than that that's <laughs> that's just wild and high say oh the betting line for them was 48 and a half so i thought 48 49 that's what i thought 
again, that would be like a six seed, you know, that, that's without knowing about Clay and not, you know, whatever. It was it turns, it's going to be wrong, but that's what I thought could be realistically applied to this season. Just the way they finished, you know, ro- roster pieces fit a little bit more. We didn't know how Porter, Bielitsa, some other guys, we didn't know about GP2, like all those things, but they've exceeded everything. Everything and credit to them for doing it. Sixty wins. Tell Kerr that you got to get sixty, at least sixty, or else it's a failure. Sixty Should wins. We do a quick. All right. On, uh, just you know, he's being reevaluated before the All Star break, according to the team. Obviously, this is just. I mean, he, we will not see him before the break, uh, and it, they're they're treating the injury. They've called it. Del- I think Curry used the term "delicate" the other day, but it, it, it's something I think they've known from from the beginning was going to be a, a you know a, a long, slow, tedious rehab. Apparently, he's been on the court a little bit more, you know, getting up light shots, but he doesn't even seem close to doing like you know strenuous basketball activity. And until you hear, and I would say the same thing with James Wiseman, until you hear that they are like on the court doing strenuous activity in practices, maybe they do a scrimmage they're still a ways away and and both of them regardless if you read reports like that they're making good progress until and we've learned this with james wiseman time and time again until they are scrimmaging they're not close it could be here or it could be in you know santa barbara whatever but santa cruz Santa Santa Cruz was one of those santa i just blanked out for certain reasons i don't know why i said that it could be either place but yeah exactly with clay it was happening down there and then a couple weeks later that's when he's ready to come and play with the warriors and until you see Draymond or and Draymond probably won't be in Santa Cruz, but unless until you see Draymond doing that up here or you see Wiseman possibly getting down there. Even if it's a report from us like, hey, there was a practice today. Draymond went through all contact. Kerr said he looked pretty good in a scrimmage. It could be a light four on four post practice, but it has to be something like that. And neither of them seem to be nearing that type of activity, which means neither of them can be expected to be seen in February. Right? I mean, like. But a fresh Draymond down the stretch is exactly what you need. When are they naming the All-Star Reserve Slater? Is that the, they're naming him Thursday. The The coaches' votes were due yesterday, so it's already been voted on. I believe TNT. You know, Draymond might be on the show, pro, you know, basically uh, giving his <laughs> yeah. opinion. Imagine if Draymond's on the show and he's a snub. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't Ain't no get probably. It. <laughs> he's going to be on that thing. <laughs> he will be on the show. Uh, you know what? The Warriors fans might be seeing a pretty focused Draymond when he comes back for, for not getting in the starting lineup, and I don't know if he's going to get – I assume he's going to be reserved, but he, man, if he doesn't get on the reserve, Marcus, what's 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 Draymond going to feel like going into those final 20, 20 or so games of this regular season in the playoffs? He's going to be a little bit of commitment to uh, being the full Draymond, especially since he'll need it for his DPOI push. Yeah, is he? Well, how many games is he going to play this season? Is he going to be DPO? If Kawhi won it, like playing like sixty percent of the games a couple years ago, right? I mean, this is going to be right on the borderline for Draymond. The only thing that's somewhat saving him right now is Rudy Gobert's out. Rudy Gobert strained his calf. Rudy Gobert missed some time in health and safety protocols. So neither of them are logging games right now. So that keeps Draymond at least in the conversation. But it's going to, if we're talking about March before you see him, that's a lot of games to have missed and still win an award. Can he get to 60? I, I should look this up, but I would think 60 is going to be right about the borderline. And. I don't know that he's going to play 60 no, games. No, I don't think he will because yeah. he's going to miss more than 22. I think Kawhi played 60 that one year and one DPOY, but oh well, we'll see. Yeah, he'd have to come back pretty soon to get to 60. He's at 34. But that, you know, you're right. If, if, if Gobert's at 64, then maybe Draymond can be at 56, right? I mean, it just depends on where everybody else is. And no Kawhi, you know, Giannis, they're not going to give it to him again. So he can be in it, but 
it's going to be really like he got to get. He would need an incredible tear. It would yeah. have to be you know the Draymond. Of but who playoffs. else is going to get it if it's not him or Root or Gobert? Like that's when it becomes tricky. Mikael Bridges, I don't think he's Jaron Jackson now leads the NBA in blocks. He's been great lately. Um, he's definitely in the conversation. I do think Giannis could get it again. I mean, Giannis winning the title the way he did last year has opened himself back up to any award he wants, right? I mean, there was like disqualification essentially, but. Yeah, I mean, that award would become difficult if both Gobert and Draymond missed too much time. But the only problem is, I don't think Draymond's going to be coming back obsessively chasing after the defensive player of the year. I think he's going to be coming back easing his way to make sure his body's right for the playoffs. Because that's all that matters. And that should be a major concern considering the type of injury he's going through. Like, is April 15th, can he be ready for a two-month grind? So, I just kind of think in some ways this injury took defensive player of the year off the board which we know he was really invested in but yeah you tell him that you tell him that you know know who's you know who's gonna play 60 games gary payton the second that's all i'm saying you're gonna get him player defensive player of the year gary payton the second hey the stats are gonna be there that's for sure the stats are gonna be there Dejounte murray might be defensive player of the year i mean you know who knows like there's it does open up if you take Draymond and Gobert and put them in a questionable category. That does open because those are obviously by far the two leading candidates, and, and Kawhi is off the board. Then it really opens it wide, unless it's Giannis, and, and that would be the other you know big name who's always always in that conversation. All right, sixty wins for the Warriors. Draymond, defensive player of the year, handed it over to GP two if he doesn't win it. And JTA wins. JTA wins. JJ wins. This is the most Warriors homer <laughs> podcast we've done in a while. But hey, they're thirty nine and thirteen, and they don't need nine of their best players to win anymore. So I guess we're we got a license. Uh, until next time, we will probably, I'm sure Slater will do uh, all 82 after the Kings game, or are the Kings not worthy? Uh, it depends on if either of you so. two decide to show up to the arena for Kings Warriors. It's questionable. It's questionable for me. It's questionable. Definitely and questionable. And the pod is questionable. questionable. <laughs> <laughs> so tell me if the 49ers can do anything that day. That's a whole, that's like, that's, that's, the, that's the decision making I have to make. So we shall see. All right. Until next time, we will holler at you.